Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, welcome to the program. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. We had a busy weekend, didn't good, we? Good, good. And don't forget, uh, tomorrow is Election Day. Uh-oh. I bet a lot of people are wondering what's going to happen. Vote but hard. we'll let out a couple hints, maybe tomorrow, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. So, but it's... Uh, Good to be back and uh, ready to go. Yeah, we had a great conference over the weekend. A lot of people came down to Lake Jackson. It was a lot. I, I had a lot of fun. It's amazing. I didn't think they'd ever find Lake Jackson <laughs> on the map. But, it's a uh, city of enchantment. We've had them come from far away places too. You yeah, know, we did. We, we, had, we had a good, good great time people. Too. A lot of great. And they people. follow the rules. It's serious business, but you're supposed to have a little fun. They seemed too. like they were having fun. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a lot of fun. It was great to meet them. So. So here we go. The first, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Finland, right? Oh, yeah, we sure better because uh, it annoyed me this morning to no ends yeah. <laughs> about, about Finland. It says the U.S. Greenlights guided rockets for Finland. You know, last week we reported that uh, you, you, we were opening up the doors to supply things and, and these are just follow up on their plans <clears throat> because it's so important for our national security, <laughs> you know, that, that we have Finland armed. Uh, to, but, but they claim it's to bolster Europe's northern flank. But, uh, but they also say, when they ask for the money and all, they also say, this is good for our national security. <laughs> it's good for our national security, our economic progress, of course, for the military-industrial complex. And also, and, and this, is, this is the stretch, political stability. <laughs> they're going to do that, too. But uh, all of a sudden, there's a lot of money and there's expansion. It's no backing off. Uh, the progressives have caved. Nobody wants to talk peace except uh most americans if you had a true poll <laughs> yeah yeah and more more than ever because uh you know the economy is is crashing because of this type of policy yeah uh, well dr paul before i move on i want to i want to say something to our audience about a new sponsor for this program we've talked about it a lot we've had a, a couple of minor sponsors early on but this is a real sponsor for the ron paul liberal report uh, and it's fourpatriots.com uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about them. And one of the reasons we were excited about having them come on board and help us do the show is we understand the problems with food supply chain. We understand that we have a food security problem in the country. We know the drought and inflation uh, and even some dumb economic policies that we talk about all the time uh, could really affect the future that, you know, the healthy, the healthfulness of the future. And that's why, you know, obviously survival food is more important than ever. You have to survive. You have to look out for your family. You have to look out for hard times. Um, one of the great things about 4Patriots.com is you create your own stockpile of healthy and tasty food. It can last for 25 years uh, in, your, uh, in storage, so it will last for a long time. Uh, it's packed right in a family-owned company. And why don't we put on that first clip if we can. This is 4Patriots.com. They pack it in a family-owned facility in the United States. Over 200 Americans are working for the company. The kits are compact, they're sturdy, they're water resistant, they stack easily. And they have delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. You can make one of these meals in just 20 minutes. And the thing about it that is really interesting is all you need is water, and you add it, and you simmer, and you serve. And the exciting thing is one, two, three, survival food, a cinch to make. The great thing about this, if we could put on that bottom third if we have it here, is that right now you can go to 4Patriots.com, use the code 
Ron, R-O-N, type in Ron at 4Patriots.com, 10% off of your purchase of everything in the store, including, let's put this next one up, your three-month survival kit. And there's nothing wrong with having food for three months, Dr. Paul. Um, and you get uh, free shipping over $97 worth of purchases. They're called Four Patriots, Dr. Paul, because they do donate a portion of their profits to patriot-oriented groups, I mean, to veteran-oriented groups to help out veterans. Let's take a final look at some of this food. In fact, I'm a little bit hungry. This looks pretty good to me right now. You've got Aztec chili with mango, black bean burger, cowboy rice and beans. I wouldn't mind sitting in a bunker if I had food like this. So anyway, thanks a lot to our sponsor. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll be talking a little bit more about them in the future. But Dr. Paul, back to the program. As you point out, uh, they floated the idea of sending nuclear missiles to Finland. Finland said, hey, no problem. Put them on the border with Russia. <laughs> yeah. What could go wrong? And now they said, well, we won't do that. We're just going to put a half a billion dollars worth of regular missiles on the border. And as you say, it's a big boon. It's an economic boon for the military-industrial complex. Yes, and, and it goes against uh, some of the promises that we had been committed to since yep. uh, the breakdown of uh, the Cold War, uh, because we more or less promise uh, that we would not be putting our troops and, and NATO up on their borders. And they, they don't talk a lot about the United States. We pay for everything. But it's always, uh, you know, the... Uh, negotiations uh, for the coup in 2014 it it's uh, best i guess to think nato versus russia of course nato is the united states and there's the funding and like you say there's over 500 500 million dollars uh, you know for these weapons you know i keep asking myself i like to try to figure out why 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 are they doing this it doesn't make sense are they really expecting an invasion are they really doing it for their national security or our national security or, or what's going on because uh it, lead, it leads to chaos you know there's there's no benefit it seems from this and it, it seems to be so destructive to do this but they pursue this and uh unfortunately the american people you know, for so long have gone along with it throughout my lifetime. They've always gone along with it. But, you know, even today I look for the optimism and we're having more and more people as actually was discussed by a few people, you know, in, in this campaign. At the same time, we see uh, progressives whipping out and, and not even standing strong at all about why are we getting into an unnecessary war? And this is this is just a small step toward war, yeah. but uh, it's a preparation that I think is wasteful and uh, very dangerous. You always talked about how disappointing it is that formerly neutral countries who benefited from neutrality have now all of a sudden <clears throat> decided to clamor for one side and to have a war stance against the other side. And it doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. You know, Finland's economy prospered a lot, partially because of the huge Russian tourism. You know, Russians love to go over to Finland. Who knows what they did over there? They had a good time. Obviously, that's gone. So they basically kicked themselves in the face, uh, not having, you know, just destroying all of this, uh, uh, all of this tourism for what? For nothing. And we can actually put that next clip on if we can, uh, with showing the tank firing missiles. This is from Zero Hedge. To reiterate what you mentioned, State Department has improved has approved the potential sale of half billion dollars worth of guided multiple launch rocket systems. GMLRS and related equipment to Helsinki. <coughs> um, and it's clearly, Dr. Paul, an escalation. There's just no 
way of getting around it. If the GMLRS, whatever, were put on the border of Mexico and the U.S., and they were ready to fire into the U.S., into Texas, for example, obviously we would view it as an escalation. And the question really is why? What's, what's the point yeah. of it? You know, you know, if this was an honest approach to a very sincere uh, effort for somebody to uh, do great harm to the Scandinavian country or to us, you know, that would be understandable. But it makes everything worse. Yeah. You know, you add the complications of uh, just our presence there and inciting more antagonism and more uh, challenges with NATO and, and Russia. But w what about our involvement? Uh, it's, uh, of course, I think it's our involvement because we run the show and we have the money and the weapons. But it was, it's also our involvement in the mess with the, the pipeline. You know, wh why, do, why would the German people go along with this? course they're suffering from it now but uh, you, you know the, the pipelines get blown up and if there had ever been a natural uh, willingness to pursue free markets it would have been after the Cold War and Europe should have become good friends with Russia yeah and I think the Russians were up open to it but <clears throat> no uh, the prevailing attitude of the Hawks has uh, had control of the media and they said otherwise yeah they did and in a related way, if we can put on the next one, this is what a lot of people are talking about this morning and yesterday. <coughs> Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor to President Biden, uh, a leaked report, I'm sure conveniently leaked, came out that he has held undisclosed talks with Putin, Putin's aides. Uh, I think he, he was, uh, apparently spoke to his counterpart in the Russian government. Uh, and the intent, according to these unnamed officials who reported to the Wall Street Journal, was to find ways of avoiding increasing escalation of the conflict. Now, I'm not sure I believe that. And one of the analysts I listen to a lot, I think he makes a good point, which is that these are the Clinton team. Uh, Jake Sullivan, Tony Blinken, uh, Victoria Newland. They don't know how to de-escalate. That's not in their DNA. They're only about escalation. They're neocons. They're about ramping it up. Uh, so the question is, why were they talking? As again, this analyst that I listened to, I think it makes a good point. Alex Christoforo says it may be a warning from the U.S. to Russia that if you start this offensive, which we expect to happen, which we know there's been a buildup. They've brought in 300,000 troops in the partial mobilization. If you do this, these little tripwire uh, uh, Americans that you see over there in western Ukraine, we're going to actually see a heck of a lot more of them uh, coming in. We don't know if that's true or not, but we're speculating Maybe that's what he's telling him. Whatever the case, the fact that Jake Sullivan is talking with his counterparts in Russia, normally in a normal world, would be an encouraging thing. In this case, I'm not so sure. No, and that, and that is a big problem because uh, you know, nobody, no matter what the announcements are and the pretense, uh, you can almost uh, just assume the opposite of what they're doing. But uh, no, I, I just think that we are uh, so much less likely uh, to uh, think that it's just p a purely a partisan system. You know, and we do know, you mentioned uh, who's really in charge uh, from previous Democratic administrations, but are, are we home free if we just have a Republican f foreign uh -huh. policy? I mean, that's where that was identified as, uh, as, as the solid front, uh, you, you know, uh, was, was the Republican. They were the warmongers, and yet uh, now, uh, it seems like, uh, on the surface, you might you could make a case that they're stronger than ever. Yeah. You know, 
And uh, there's just a slight mention in the campaign. Uh, there's, it's not going to be resolved tomorrow, you know, with elections. They say, well, oh, you know, anybody who was supporting this war, uh, you know, they lost. It's, uh, it's such a way that uh, the media pounds on the people if you don't uh, go along with, uh, uh, with, with the warmongering stuff, which is tragic. So that's back to the old thing, uh, who, who, who controls the message? It, it's the same principle that we had to deal with when we were dealing with the war on COVID. You know, yeah. they'd scare people and people have to go along and it's a propagandist. And uh, yeah, it's amazing to me that we can still reach those people. There's still a source of people out there that know what really is right and that the war is not an answer to it, especially under today's condition. Why go out of their way to all of a sudden have have a pretense that there's a nuclear confrontation in yeah. the next month or two. You know, that's what they want you to believe. And, and, and things are dangerous. That's why we should be more sensible, yeah. you know, because it is so dangerous. And for what? I mean, there is no Soviet Union. There's no great ideological struggle. So the question is, why? What's the purpose uh, of, of all this nonsense? But, you know, uh, our next story is, is somewhat related, I think. And this is, um, and there are some good progressives out there, and we know them. Uh, and Aaron Maté is one of them, uh, along with Max Blumenthal, Matt Taibbi, and a few others. But put up this next clip, because this is from his, uh, his uh, substack. Pro-war hawks have progressives on their squad. Uh, and this is, a lot of this is about the letter that was sent, and we have talked about it in the past. But the, um, the sad fact, the sad reality that within the Republican Party, as you suggested in your previous comment, there is a debate. And I feel a little bit optimistic, which goes against my nature, that there are uh, young Republicans uh, who hold the promise. Now, we don't know if they can withstand uh, the slings and arrows once they get there. I think so far, Thomas Massey is one of the few who's been able to, to really hold tight. But there are people running, uh, you know, in, in Arizona and elsewhere who are questioning. And I think you wrote about today, Marjorie Taylor Greene said, uh, if Republicans take over, not one more penny for Ukraine. I'm not so sure about that, but the fact that there is a debate, and this is what Aaron Maté is writing, there is a debate in the Republican Party. There's no such debate in the Democratic Party. Even the progressives that people like Aaron and others counted on to be in the anti-war camp have now completely given up and, you know, joined the pro-war, uh, got on top of tanks. Since, since they are flexible that we see they go back and forth and the progressives aren't always progressive, but if the people would send a message to show that you don't win by just voting for more war automatically, anything the military industrial complex wants, you vote for it. And uh, we've seen the switch, uh, you know, the progressives, uh, uh, you, you know, are, are soft and they, they were much better. I think when uh, I was in office and we worked there. Especially when I Bush thought, was president. Yeah. 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 I think that, uh, yeah, they were, <laughs> that's probably it. So, so the sincerity is, may, might be questioned. But uh, it also means that uh, people swift uh, change their uh, tune because of, uh, for pragmatic political reasons, but uh, they also will change their position, a few of them, uh, when eventually the people wake up and uh, you can appeal to some common sense. But uh, right now, even the common sense of spending is just barely becoming the issue. And uh, I, I, I don't know where, where they get this, uh, you know, lackadaisical attitude about 
trillions and trillions of dollars of debt. You know, oh, we made a mistake. We'll go down. We're going to eliminate it. We're going to lower the deficit this year for a trillion dollars. Uh, you know, it's all this gimmickry stuff. But they throw a trillion dollars around like it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be something big time, though, soon. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the thing to remember, a good thing to remember, is that our progressive friends like Aaron and the others, they're as dismayed as we are uh, on the other side, perhaps, if you want to say it that way. They're dismayed that they, don't ha they look around and they don't have allies or very few allies. We feel the same way, and I think that's one of the things that people may not understand is that the Ron Paul Institute is not a libertarian organization at all. It was explicitly formed to bring together that coalition, uh, again, of progressives, conservatives, of libertarians, and others. That's the whole point of what we're doing is to have a home uh, for all of these, and that's why we have such a diverse board in the real sense of the word, yeah. real diversity on our board, but united in the principles of opposing war and empire and understanding that that brings pro uh, pro prosperity. But here's, I want, this is from Aaron's piece, and it's just an example of the absurdity, if we can put that next clip up, the absurdity in U.S. Congress, the lack of seriousness in the U.S. Congress. Vladimir Putin would have signed that letter if asked. <laughs> One member of the House Democratic leadership sneered to Politico, and that letter indeed is the very milquetoast letter that that uh, dozen or so progressives sent to Biden, and then they unsent <laughs> it to Biden, and then they tried to get everyone to forget <clears throat> that they sent it to, to Biden. But Aaron makes the important point that, um, but if Putin would indeed sign on for a call of direct engagement in order to reduce harm and support Ukraine in achieving a peaceful settlement, which is what the letter said, it is unclear why that would be worthy of the senior lawmaker's opprobrium. Uh, so that is, um, so what if he would sign it? If, if de-escalates, if it brings peace, uh, people stop dying, then so who cares if he'd sign it, you know? Maybe the guy next door will sign it, the barber down the street, <laughs> who cares? You know, the coalition that uh, has been around, and it's still partially there, but uh, it's become weaker, and that is, you know, uh, Republicans that have a anti-war instinct. We even saw that in the vote in the, uh, the war vote uh, going into Iraq. But uh, t today, you know, there's disorder in the Democratic Party. The progressives are all over the place, you know, and leaving and changing. And I, I think it's in disarray. Uh, but I don't, I, I don't think that means that we shouldn't have. Uh, you know, plans and, and efforts made to bring people together from different factions because I still think that there will be constitutional conservatives <clears throat> that will be close to us. I think there will be Democrats in spite of what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. There'll be a reassessment after the election yeah. because if they, uh, especially if some of those uh, wishy-washy uh, hawks, uh, you, you know, uh, progressive switching over, if they lose, that might send a message. There's a lot of there's still a lot of independence uh, in this country. Uh, that's why I think polling isn't really reliable as it used to be. Who's who really brags of what party they belong to? Yeah. I don't know how these polls can be absolutely they they recite them like they're absolutely accurate. You, you can't get anybody on a telephone yeah, online. No kidding. So, but then then you have uh, you know people who are instinctively libertarian that. Uh, they might not be a libertarian party member, but the libertarian message of leave us alone and we don't need to fight these wars. So I think people, we, we, the message is we have to bring people together in a coalition uh, wherever we can find a sympathetic person. And uh, we should assume everybody 
if they have the information and they have a little bit of common sense, they'll come around to, to the position that our organization has, that, that uh, unnecessary war makes no sense at all. It's all a profit-making organization for the people who manufacture weapons. And that's, that's, the, that's the message. And, and that, that should wake up some people to come together for you know something that I consider very very worthy peace and prosperity it's being constitutional it uh, makes a lot of economic sense so uh, I still think the opportunity is there is to, uh, to to continue our efforts yes and the other thing is there's nothing patriotic about defending and supporting the military industrial complex because you're getting corrupt people rich on the backs of the rest of the Americans so there's a sense that being pro-military and pro-war is, is patriotic well, no, it, it is in a sense, but supporting the war machine like this is not at all patriotic. <clears throat> well, the last piece we want to talk about today, uh, under the general, I think, theme of escalation, has to do with a major dam in eastern Ukraine. And here we go. Russia says major dam hit by U.S.-supplied HIMARS rockets. And that's important because if these rockets that the U.S. is sending and presumably also providing targeting information with our vast intelligence capabilities if they are looking to blow up infrastructure facilities like dams which can have an enormous effect on civilians it's a big problem because like it or not the ownership of those rockets is the US the authorship of whatever happens when they blow it up is on the US and it's, I think, a dangerous escalation, Dr. Paul. Yeah, two things. Get rid of NATO, get us out of NATO, and come home and yeah. save our money. And a lot, more, a lot of people would benefit uh, from this. But, you know, it, it is rather annoying when you realize that the civilians are the ones who are going to suffer. And it's sort of like uh, uh, excessive bombing during a war and only hitting civilian cities because, but that's been used a lot. If the people get hurt, they're going to change their home government. That's the way we've always argued over the years about Iran. If we punish the people, they'll get rid of their government. But there's been a dissent in Iran and that usually unifies them. Yeah, the opposite sure. works on it. So it doesn't work. But this, uh, this, this whole idea that we can get, you know, take the water away from Crimea, it, it'll just, uh, it'll, it'll backfire on them. Uh, and, and the full message isn't out yet how much damage was done. It, it's conceivable that they didn't close that. They, they didn't get the results because some of those missiles were intercepted. But I think you made the point right off the bat, which I think is important. In a very moral way, we're responsible. The American taxpayer is responsible. Our politicians are responsible. Our military is responsible because we support all of this, even though fortunately we have no Americans dying uh, on this like we did in Vietnam. But that, uh, that's a half of a message, really. But we should uh, think of all people unnecessarily being killed in war as the issue, not only the people that uh, we finance. And I'll tell you, it's, a, it's really, really a shame that so many people go along with this so casually. Yeah. And uh, yet it's, this, this problem's been around for a while. Yeah, it has. And, you know, it, we can put up that next clip. It's just a map of where this dam is, and you can see a lot of water is going to spill out and it's going to drown a lot of people uh, if, if it happens. And indeed, you know, these numbers come from the Russian government, so we have no idea how accurate they are. But they claim out of six rockets that were launched, uh, only one hit the target. Of course, they're apt to ex exaggerate the efficiency of their anti 
uh, missile capabilities. Um, but it does supply water to Crimea. But the other thing that's so weird, and you talked about it before, and they've done this before, um, the claim now is, well, Russian was, Russia's bombing the dam. Russia's bombing the dam. It's absolutely objectively true that they control that dam and they control that area. So the idea, again, just the same with the nuclear power plant, which they control, the idea that they would bomb themselves, it kind of stretches credibility to suggest that maybe they are that dumb, that they will just, hey, let's drop some bombs on our own guys. That might be fun. But the fact is, it seems like pretty crude propaganda to me. Yeah, that, that is just, just amazing. It was sort of like uh, trying to prove the Russians uh, destroyed their pipeline yeah, yeah. Know, to go to that extent. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it, it makes no sense. But, you know, the, the big picture makes no sense either. Then the strategy makes no sense. And uh, I, uh, sometimes I am just dumbfounded why the European people uh, just roll over on anything that the globalists who are find themselves really in charge of the empire, which means NATO, United Nations, and our money, uh, they just go along with it. it but it, it just has made no sense. They're all worrying about b b being warm this winter yeah. and fi finding food. It just goes on and on. Every day there's, there's more potential negative stuff out there. And uh, as long as the policies don't change, it, it's going to keep getting worse. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm going to close out by returning. Now that we've got our conferences done and out of the way, I want to return to, if we can put that last clip up, uh, to remind our audience to join the Ron Paul community on Locals. If you're watching this on Rumble, it's easy just to click that. You can be a paid subscriber or an unpaid, a free subscriber. Uh, but to join, that's our hangout. That's our community. We're going to be able to focus a lot more on Locals now that we can catch our breath, now that the conference is over. Uh, and thank you all of you that came out to the conference, all of you that, uh, that support us and watch the program. We're moving ahead. We're getting a lot bigger numbers, and it's thanks to you. So we appreciate that. Dr. Paul? Very good. And uh, I, too, want to thank uh, those of you who, who tuned in today and didn't make it to our conference and all of those of you who did because uh, we think that is very, very worthwhile. It gives us encouragement. You know, most people are so appreciative of coming and getting information and meeting other people, but I'll tell you what, I, I appreciate the people who support us because it's, it's very, very good for us to have that support, not only financially, uh, matter of fact, it's the, uh, it's the encouragement that we get. So we're, we're delighted to do it. So we're gonna, we're gonna be around and we're gonna be watching closely. It'll be interesting tomorrow because uh, after the election, there will be a lot of talk and anticipation and figuring what's happening. And we might, uh, we won't have all the answers tomorrow, of course, but uh, you know, the next day, we're going to have, uh, I'm sure, a few comments to make about uh, what we think can and will happen with uh, uh, elections like this because they are special. Maybe this one will be a little bit different. Maybe it will have a lot more significance than most of them because for the most part, I've been pretty cynical. The, the more we change the political parties, the more the political parties get the same. But the lines are a little bit uh, sharply drawn right this time, so we'll be anxious to see it. And, and hopefully we'll move in the right direction. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.